Amen. So we're at a very another very well-known story in the book of Genesis, the story of Joseph interpreting the dreams of the butler and the baker. And uh, if you went to Sunday school as a kid, you definitely heard this story. You definitely uh, did the flannel. If you ever did a Sunday school, they had the flannel graphs. They've always got this one in there. Uh, it's one story that we all know real well. And so what we're going to do as we go through this tonight, though, I do want to uh, preach on the subject of prophetic dreams because this is a great example. This is not the first time we've seen a prophetic dream in the book of Genesis. Cause there's a lot of questions when it comes to dreams because um, we see God speaking through people and through dreams a lot in the scriptures. And so people often wonder, too, well, what about today? You know, Can that happen today? And uh, and I personally think it's possible. I'm not going to tell you now. That's another dispensation. Um, but at the same time, though, um, I will say it's it's probably very rare. All right. And uh, we'll kind of explain that as we go. And you know what? I'll, I'll be the first one to say it. I wish I would have a prophetic dream. I think that'd be really cool. I would like to have a prophetic dream. And if, and if you tell me you had one. I'm going to act like Joseph's brothers, and I'm not going to. I'm going to. I'm not going to like you. I'm going to be mad because I'm going to be jealous because we all want to have a prophetic dream, don't we? And so, if you have a prophetic dream, I recommend not telling anybody about it because you'll probably make more enemies than anything. But anyway, we'll talk about that as we go. But let's go ahead and start reading in verse. Uh, well, before we start reading Genesis 40, let's look at some examples so far of what we've seen with dreams because again, uh, this isn't the first time we're seeing this in the Bible in Genesis 20. In verse 3, it says, But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man for the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. So this is Abimelech. He's not even a good guy. But God spoke to him in a dream you know, for Abraham's sake. This was God helping Abraham, God blessing Abraham. I don't believe God did this because Abimelech was special. God did this because Abraham was special, and God was doing this to help Abraham we see in chapter 28, verse 12, uh, this is Jacob, and it says, And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. We saw that story about Jacob's ladder. That was a dream that he had. It was a vision that God gave him through a dream. In Genesis 31, in verse 10, it says, And it came to pass, at the time the cattle conceived, that I lifted up mine eyes and saw in a dream, and behold, the rams which leaped upon the cattle were ring streaked, speckled, and gristled. And when we talked about this, I mentioned how I personally don't believe he actually had this dream. I think he made it up. That's my opinion. I, but Jacob was pretty deceptive and was kind of ripping off Laban. I think he made that up. That, that's my opinion. If you disagree, I won't be mad at you. But in, the, in that same chapter, in verse 24, it says, And God came to Laban the Syrian in a dream by night and said unto him, Take heed that thou speak not to Jacob, either good or bad. So here God's speaking to Laban, uh, again, just to help, to help Jacob. Not because Laban was a good guy, but to help Jacob. And then in Genesis 37, 5, And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And that's a story where uh, you know he has the sheaves, uh, his, the brother's sheaves are bowing down to his sheaves, and the stars are bowing down to him. So um, we see this is not the first time this type of thing has happened in the scripture. And the example too, when Joseph had that dream, his brothers kind of understood what that dream meant right away. Some dreams were real easy to interpret. You know, when you have the 11 sheaves all bowing to your sheaf, you know, that seems pretty obvious what that means. And then his father too, you know, when he heard the dream, he rebuked them. Some are pretty clear. 
But some of these ones that we see in this chapter and some that we see later in the Bible would be really hard to understand. You know, like some of the dreams that Daniel interpreted, those would be tough. And clearly God would, sometimes he would gift men with great wisdom and God would reveal these dreams uh, to these men. In fact, with Daniel, uh, or uh, what, okay, I'm having a blackout here. Which one didn't even know what the dream was and remembered the dream? Was that Joseph? I'm having a total mental blackout right now. He told the dream, but he like told the dream and the, yeah, it was, it was Daniel. Yeah, he, because Nebuchadnezzar had the dream and he couldn't remember what the dream was. And he said, I want to know the interpretation. By the way, I want to know what the dream was too. You know, I'm sorry. Nobody's going to be able to interpret that unless God reveals it to him. And that's exactly what God did with Daniel. So now here we are in chapter 40 and we see a story where uh, Joseph is interpreting dreams. So let's go ahead and go through this. It says in verse 1, And it came to pass after these things that the butler and the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers. And he put them in ward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them and he served them and they continued a season in ward. Now, something we need to take into consideration when reading this story, it's important that you get this, is the kind of power that Pharaoh had. Okay, Now, we don't know what these guys did that offended him. It just says they offended him. That could mean they insulted him or, you know, they spilt something on him or, you know, they did something really bad, like conspired against him or something. That would be offensive. The Bible doesn't tell us what it was. All we know is that they offended him and he had the kind of power where he could throw these guys in prison just for offending him. So keep that in mind because, you know, if you get called before somebody like Pharaoh to interpret their dream, you know, you got a lot on the line. You get something wrong, you're in big trouble. You know, imagine if you got called to be an advisor to the president. That'd be pretty intimidating, wouldn't it? But at least in America, if you give him bad advice, he probably won't kill you. He'll just say, you're fired. I'll probably have to pay for that. I think he's got that trademarked. But, you know, that, that's probably what, that's probably what would happen in this country. There, the fair, you know, the king could say, off with your head if you get it wrong. So keep that in mind. This situation where Joseph um, you know, understands this dream, I mean, it can kind of be a life or death situation. So, uh, or later on when we see him interpret the dream. But anyway, verse 5 says, And they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which were bound in prison. So not only did these guys get thrown in prison just for offending him, but these are his personal butler and baker. So these are guys that were probably very close to the king. And yet he was the kind of guy that when you made him mad, he would throw away his most faithful servants into prison. That's the kind, that's the kind of guy he is. So it's important we kind of keep all these things in mind when we're looking at this. So it says, And Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in war to the Lord's house, saying, Wherefore look ye so sadly today? And they said unto him, We have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, Do not interpretations belong to God. Tell me them, I pray you. So, you know, one can only wonder, you know, how often this type of thing happened back then, but it clearly wasn't unheard of because these guys, they had this dream, and they knew there was some significance to it, okay? 
Now, how many, like, I have dreams pretty regular, but when I wake up from those dreams, I, you know, it's like, how do you know when it's a prophetic dream? You know, and I guess I can't really say because I haven't had one. But, you know, usually when I have a dream, I know the interpretation of it. It had something to do with maybe a movie I was watching. It had something I was dealing with. Uh, you know, I, I had a dream the other night um, where I was, like, doing the Spirit of Liberty broadcast. Because I was thinking about the program we're going to be doing that Sunday. And I was, like, dreaming about doing it that night. You know, I understand the interpretation of that. That's just what was on my mind. You know, it might be something you ate. You know, things, things like that. We've all had... Dreams, uh, dreams like that. I had a dream one time that I was, I uh, was in my grandma's house and I was, it was hot in there and I couldn't breathe and I was trying to get outside so I could just, you know, you know, breathe. That was, it was so hot in there and I was just, felt like I was about to suffocate and I woke up and I was laying on the floor in our house with my face right by the heater vent. And then I understood what that dream meant. Okay. And we've all had the dream where we had to go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, and then you wake up and you know the interpretation of that dream too, right? But you know, I've never had a dream where I woke up the next day and I'm just discouraged thinking, what does this dream mean? And so I think apparently when a person has some kind of prophetic dream, they know it. And these guys knew something was up, but they didn't know what it meant. There was no, uh, no one to interpret it for them. And so Dan, or, uh, Joseph makes that statement, you know, do not interpretations belong to God. Tell me them, I pray you. And so when it comes to dreams, I do th- think we need to understand it is extremely rare. And, it, and, it's a, and in this situation, God used these dreams to help Joseph. Because remember, God's got a big plan for Joseph. Okay? What Joseph is wanting, you know, Joseph is going to be the man that God uses. First off, he's a choice servant of God. He's from, you know, that line of people we've been watching throughout the book of Genesis. He's got the special blessing of God on him. He's a very special man. He's got great character. You know, the hand of God is all over this man. And God is going to use him to save his entire family that he, Jesus Christ himself, is going to descend from. Okay? So let's recognize the importance of Joseph versus ourself. Okay? And he's not only going to use him to save Israel, but Egypt as well. And I say all that to say, because if I get, if I do, if I get up here and I tell you, I think God can, you know, speak to people through dreams and things or it's possible that he would, you know, I don't want everybody going home tonight. Like, all right, I hope, I hope I have one tonight. And then you have some kind of weird dream because we've been talking about it, And then all of a sudden next morning, you're like trying to find an interpreter for it or something like that. Okay. Listen, it's, probably not going to happen to any of us in our lifetime. I hope it does. Okay? I hope I have one tonight. But I, I probably won't. Okay? I think it's possible. And, and so, so something you need to understand, too, most of us will never be in the kind of predicament that Joseph was in. Because think about it. You know, when was the last time we were in really big trouble? When was the last time you almost died? When was the last time you were in prison for something you didn't do? When was the last time God was using you to save an entire nation and your entire family? You know, and a lot, you see, you know, I, I, I believe God can still do dreams. I want to have one. Yeah, well, you know why I want to have a cool dream? Because I, I just, I'd like to be able to brag about it. I'd like to be able to talk about it. I would think it'd be cool if God did that with me. You know, it's something that I, I kind of want for myself. And that's not what we see. You know, we don't see people going out searching for these things when they, when they have it. It just happens. So, um, most of us will never be in this kind of predicament. 
and God's not going to give you a vision just because you want one. It would probably lift you up with pride. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 12, 7. You don't have to turn over there, but this is Paul when he was, he, he's talking about this, something he remembers, whether in the body or out of the body, he doesn't know. And it says uh, how he was caught up in the third heaven. And we're not going to read the whole story, but in verse 7, it says, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. Okay, because of all these revelations and things that God showed him, there was a concern that Paul might get lifted up with pride. And so because of God didn't want him to get lifted up with pride, uh, to keep that from happening, God allowed him to have this thorn in his flesh, something to help keep him humble. Because guess what's going to happen if we all have that prophetic dream? We're all going to brag about it. You know, and guess what? What you know, if, if I would have had a dream in 2019 about what was going to happen in 2020, and I'd have predicted it. And I mean, because if I, first off, if I had dreamt what was going to happen in 20, in 2019, what was going to happen in 2020, none of you would have believed it. Okay. None of, none of you would have believed it if I'd have had that dream. But let's say I had put a video out there and then now it's all happened. You know, folks, I'm the next Joseph. You know, and a lot of people would flock to me and be like, you know, and, and you know what everybody be coming and saying, you know, for the time, what do you think is going to happen next? Because now I'm the authority because I had that one dream. And I'm not going to lie. I probably would get lifted up with pride if something like that happened. And the Apostle Paul, you know, he, that, you know, that it's kind of what he's saying here. It said, lest I should get exalted above measure. God allowed me to have this thorn in the flesh. God wants to keep us humble. And so, again, uh, you just having a vision for the sake of having a vision or a prophetic dream for the sake of having a prophetic dream, it's probably not going to happen because it wouldn't benefit you. The dreams, that the prophetic dreams we see them having in the Bible, it was always benefiting people. It was always for the good of a nation or something like that. Chances are, if anybody was going to have a prophetic dream too, it would be it would be more likely to be somebody in leadership. It'd be more likely to be the president or somebody like that, you know. And you say, oh, well, not our president. He's a reprobate. Well, it was with Pharaoh. Okay, it was Pharaoh had a dream because you know what? God's going to speak to those leaders, and God's going to try to move. The, you know, He moves the hearts of kings. So you never know. I mean, and and so I'm saying all this to just because I'm not just going to get up here and tell you something can't happen. I can't do that, and I'm, not, and I'm not even going to get up and say it could never happen to you. Something like that probably could, but I don't want to put it out there that it could possibly happen, and then everybody just be waiting for that vision to come, and then having some weird dream and thinking it was prophetic. Okay, it, We could get ourselves in trouble with that. So the chances of us needing a prophetic dream in the safety of the United States while we have a King James Bible in our possession, while we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, it makes it pretty unlikely that we will ever have an experience like this. Okay? So I, I say all that again. I put out as many disclaimers as I can. I think it's possible, but it's probably not going to happen. I don't want everybody going out and then all of a sudden now I believe every dream that people dream out there. And uh, that, that I'm sure there's a lot of goofballs out there. And we'll see some examples of that here in a little bit in the scriptures. But let's go ahead and keep going through Genesis 40 and verse 9. It says, And the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream, behold, a vine was before me. 
And in the vine were three branches, and it was as though it budded, and her blossoms shot forth, and the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said unto him, this is the interpretation of it, the three branches are three days, yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee unto thy place. And thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand and the, as a former manner when thou was his butler. Now, I think this dream actually seemed pretty simple to interpret. You know, I don't know if I would have figured out three branches means three days. I might have thought three weeks, three months. I might have said it could be three years just to give myself a safety net in case it didn't happen quick. But, you know, it does seem when you look at that dream, yeah, that, that's kind of an easy one to interpret. But, um, you know, if we had been there, we probably wouldn't have got it right, though. But we might have. You might have got lucky on that one. But then the next one, well, let's go ahead and keep reading verse 14. It says, But think on me when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon. So, again, Joseph here, uh, he wasn't complaining. Joseph just wants justice. You know it's not wrong to want justice? Did you know it's not wrong to, uh, you know, speak out against injustice and when things are wrong? It's okay for you to do that. You're not whining. Just, you know, Joseph wasn't a whiner and a complainer. Oh, what are you complaining about, Joseph? You're the leader in the prison now. You know, look at that poor guy over there that's chained to the wall right now and just got whipped. What are you doing squawking? Hey, Joseph didn't do anything. And so he talks to this guy. He knows it's been revealed to him through this dream. This guy's going to get restored to his position. And he does this favor to him. He interprets his dream. And all he asks is, hey, put in a word for me when you're before Pharaoh again. Tell him about the guy who interpreted your dream and told you that you were going to be restored to your position. Because, you know, interpretations belong to God. And obviously, you know, this is, this is proof that I am of God and that I'm a just man. So just say something. It's okay for you to do that, all right? It's all right for you to do that kind of thing. Uh, don't let people tell you different. So the thing is, though, we see in the story, he didn't get out then. You know, this butler forgets about him. But again, it just wasn't God's timing yet. God had, God had a plan. It says in verse 16, when the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, he said unto Joseph, I also was in my dream, and behold, I had three white baskets on my head, and the uppermost basket there was of all manner of bakements for Pharaoh, and the birds did eat them out of the basket upon my head. And Joseph answered and said, This is the interpretation thereof. The three baskets are three days, yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thy head from off thee, and shall hang thee on a tree, and the birds shall eat thy flesh from off of thee. So that's not real comforting right there. Yeah, but that is exactly what happened. We probably would have got that one wrong too. Oh, you know, the birds eating. That's just symbolic of Pharaoh, you know, eating from you again. That's, you know, after the good news that the butler got, we'd have probably assumed good news for the baker too. But no, that wasn't the case. He ended up hanging. So you got to wonder what these guys did. The Bible doesn't tell us. And did they do the same thing? And the butler, he forgave, but the baker, not, I don't know. It's just one of those things. The Bible doesn't tell us. If I was a Ruckmanite, I could probably figure it out. But at the same time, the Bible doesn't tell us, so I'm just going to not have an opinion on that. Okay? So, verse 20 says, And it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all his servants, and he lifted up the head of the chief butler and the, of the chief baker 
among his servants. Now, this verse right here is one of the verses Jehovah's Witnesses use to prove you shouldn't celebrate a birthday. Because we see Pharaoh celebrating a birthday and Herod later. And both times we see executions. You know, at, at Pharaoh's, he executes the baker. At Herod's, they execute John the Baptist. And so, thou shalt not celebrate birthdays. And I thought Jehovah's Witness told me that once. And I was like, well... I think it's okay because we're not going to have anybody killed on my birthday. <laughs> so I, I, so I, th- I, think we're, I, I think we're okay. And uh, so far, uh, uh, every birthday I've ever had, never had anybody killed or executed. So I, I think we're okay so far. But verse 20 or 21, and he restored the chief butler under his butlership again, and he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand, but he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them, yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph but forgot him. So it's pretty amazing that the butler would forget Joseph after something like this. But at the same time, it's not because people are pretty self-centered, aren't they? You know, it was probably one of those deals. I don't know. I'm speculating here. But that, I, you know, I don't know how things went down. But he has his birthday. He calls up the chief butler. He calls up the chief baker. And I don't know, maybe he dealt with the baker first. And he said, all right, I've decided I've cooled off now. And you, Chief Baker, I'm going to hang you. And then the Chief Butler, he's standing there thinking, oh, great, I'm dead too. And so then when he goes to the Chief Butler and he says, you know what, I'm going to spare you. You can have your job back. He was probably so relieved. The last thing he's going to do is ask Pharaoh for a favor. He probably just didn't want to press his luck. Hey, I'm just glad to have my job back. I'm going to come back and I'm going to shut up. Because I do not want to offend the king again. Otherwise, I'm a dead man. Now, I think he should have, you know, stuck his neck out for Joseph. But, again, a lot of people are self-centered. And uh, that's just kind of a human nature thing. But let's go ahead now, though, and let's look at some more facts about dreams that the Bible teaches. Because this is, uh, I think this is some good stuff in here. So turn over to Numbers chapter 12 and verse 6. Numbers chapter 12 and verse 6. Now, this is in the story after uh, Aaron and Miriam rebuked Moses for taking the Ethiopian uh, woman as a wife. And it says in verse 6, And he said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. So this is something God said, this is what I'm going to do if there's a prophet in your land. This is how I'm going to speak to them. This is how I'm going to reveal my word to them. I'm going to give them a vision. I'm going to speak unto them in a dream. So this clearly was a method God used. And we've seen God using this in the book of Genesis. In Deuteronomy chapter 13 and verse 1, though. So here's the thing, though. Do we listen to anybody that has a dream? Okay. I mean... Anybody can say that they had a dream. So do we just listen to anyone who comes along and says, I've had a dream? So, well, I mean, because, and a lot of times the test people say, well, if it comes to pass. But let's look what it says in Deuteronomy 13, verse 1. It says, if there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder come to pass, whereof he spake unto thee, saying, let us go after other gods, which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God proveth you 
to know whether ye love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Ye shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. And ye shall serve him and cleave unto him. And that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of bondage to thrust thee out of the way, which the Lord thy God commanded thee to walk in. So shalt thou put the evil away from the midst of thee. So what's interesting about this, though, there's another part in the Old Testament where God said, if, if the pro- how do you know if the prophets of the Lord and if the thing he speaks comes to pass? Okay? If what they say comes to pass, then yes, he's of the Lord. But here's an example, though, where the prophet is saying something contrary to the word of God. Okay? Okay? I don't care what sign or wonder someone does. If they tell you something that's contrary to the word of God, you don't follow them. Because isn't that exactly what the Antichrist is going to do? He's going to do many signs and lying wonders. You know what the Antichrist will probably do? The Antichrist will probably have some visions. And you know, and he'll probably predict some things. And you know what? They'll probably happen. And he will amaze people and he will deceive people. But the thing is, if you know, we should never let anyone, no matter what they do, no matter what they say, stop us from obeying what the Bible clearly tells us. And so if somebody comes along, and again, he's saying, let us go serve other gods. You know what? God might allow what he said to come to pass, to test you. Hey, who are you going to listen to? Who are you going to serve? So we, we need to understand there could be some false prophets out there that make some amazing predictions, that do some amazing signs. I talked to a Pentecostal lady one time. Asking if I would believe in tongues, if I actually saw someone do it with my own eyes. And I said, I don't care if they walk on water. If I see somebody doing something contrary and they're saying something contrary to the scriptures, I'm not going to believe it. We don't, we ought to know better than to just follow after a miracle worker when the Bible warned us about one that was going to come and do miracles. And at at the end of the day, we check, you know, those things get our attention, but ultimately we've got this right here. This is what we're going to follow. So you might see some amazing things. Some people might have a dream, but if it, if what it's telling you to do, what it's trying to get you to do, if it goes contrary to the word of God, then you know what? It's false. I think they really had a dream. They took a lie detector test. I think they really had a dream too. But you know what? And it might even be from God, but God's testing you to see if you're going to be obedient to his word. So you know what? Don't listen to him. So, Look at uh, Jeremiah chapter 23. Turn over there. Because some false prophets, they often claim to have dreams. And they're often people, but they're also people who have no consistency in speaking for the Lord. Look what it says in Jeremiah 23. It says, I have heard what the prophet said, that prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long shall this be in the heart of the prophets that prophesy lies? Yea, they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart, which think to cause my people to forget my name by their dreams, which they tell every man to his neighbor, as their fathers have forgotten my name for Baal. The prophet that hath a dream, let him tell a dream. And he that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chaff to the wheat, saith the Lord? Is not my word like a fire, saith the Lord, and like the hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that steal my words, every one from his neighbor. Behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that use their tongues and say, he saith. 
Behold, I am against them that prophesy false dreams, saith the Lord, and do tell them and cause my people to err by their lies and by their lightness. Yet I sent them not nor commanded them. Therefore, they shall not profit this people at all, saith the Lord. So notice in this story how he mentions how they, some of them have false dreams. They're saying he said when he didn't. God said that's stealing my words when they do that. He said, if this is from me, if this is my word, he said, my word's like a fire. You know, my word is going to come to pass. Let the prophet that speaks for me, let him be one who speaks my word faithfully. You know what he's saying? You pay attention to the prophet that has already, that's proved himself faithful. The guy who's been speaking on my behalf for a long time. Listen to the guy who showed some consistency, not the guy who's just saying, I had, you know, I have a dream. I have a dream just trying to get attention. Hey, I got something to say. I want to be heard. Listen to the guy who speaks God's word faithfully. You know who that disqualifies? That disqualifies people like Bill Schnobelin, who changes religions every few years. That guy's had all kinds of dreams that he talks about. He's had all kinds of visions that he tells stories about. But you know one thing that guy does not do? The guy has never spoken God's word faithfully. So, well, he's speaking God's word now. Well, let him do it faithfully then before you listen to a guy like him. Because I guarantee it's in a few more years, he's going to have a new religion again. Because that's what the guy does. He's been doing that for decades, just constantly switching religions. Don't listen to people like him. Yeah, but he had a dream and it came to pass. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to people like that. The Bible warns us about people like him. So guys like him, completely disqualified. And so uh, some dreams are from the Lord, but some are from our own heart. We see these guys, the things that they were speaking, they came from their own heart. They, they were saying things that were basically what they wanted the people to do, the way that they wanted the people to go. And, you know, they might have actually had some dreams, but again, our dreams that we have, they often reveal what's in our heart, don't they? They reveal what's going on in our life, what we're dealing with, what we're thinking about. Often, that is what that is what we dream about. I won't say the name of this preacher because uh, I don't know. I don't know if this is an insult to him. But there's there's a preacher I know that's always reminded me of Bob Hope. And I remember one time I was laying as I was I was a teenager. I was laying on the couch and I was asleep. And I remember I was having a dream about this preacher. For the long time, I was having a dream about this preacher. And I woke up. There was a Bob Hope movie on. And I realized why I was having that dream. This guy's always reminded me of Bob Hope. But um, I guess that's kind of an insult. But anyway, you know, the, the thing is, you know, we, are, we all come up with stuff, don't we? It's amazing, too, how some people interpret the Bible according to the lust of their own heart. It's amazing how some people, they can find all the scriptures about the grace of God. I mean, they find those easy about God's mercy about how God's slow to anger. They'll, they're good at noticing the verses about imputed righteousness and things like that, but they somehow miss all the verses about how we're supposed to behave now as Christians. They just miss all of that. You know, They see all the verses about calling people out and about rebuking people, but then they miss all the verses about being gracious and about being kind, unless they need somebody to be gracious and kind to them. Then all of a sudden they, find, they magically find those verses just like that. Why is that? Because people, even preachers often, they often interpret the Bible in a way that's beneficial to them in their own wicked heart. And that's, that's sad. You know, that's sad. That kind of thing happens. We got to watch out for people like that. 
you know, the Word of God, is, it, it, it's, it's a burning fire. It's something that gets something done. And, but some dreams are from our own heart. It says in verse 8 of Jeremiah uh, 29, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams, which, cause, which ye caused cause to be dreamed. Okay? Don't let, let, if you work hard enough tonight, you might have some type of prophetic dream. I mean, if you think about it enough, I wouldn't be surprised if some of y'all have some pretty trippy dreams tonight after a, you know, a whole sermon talking about this kind of thing. You know, and I, you know, and, and I, and I've had, I said, I don't think I've ever had any prophetic dreams, but I had some I wondered about when I woke up. You know, I was just like, man, you know, what was that? And, I, and I've had, I've had some other ones I've talked about before that were really weird. And, you know, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, I've had, I've had a couple of cool rapture dreams, but, uh, the last time I had the one really cool rapture dream I had, it was while I was preaching through Revelation. You know, when you're studying that stuff in the Bible all the time, that's on your mind. You know, you might have a, a dream about that. Okay. Uh, I don't necessarily know it was from the Lord. Um, I, you know, I hope it was, but at the same time, I think he would probably let me know if it was. And either way, in that dream, I didn't get any information that tells me the timing at all. But I will say, in my dream, it was dark in the middle of the day, and I was looking for the moon to see if it was red, and I couldn't find it. But anyway, you know, but I, you know, so either way, but I was living in my house. It was at our house where we're at right now. So that means the rapture has to come before we move out of that house. So we need to put our house up for sale so we can try to get a new house. That way, that has to hurry up and come to pass. Not. But, you know, these, these are the things we come up with our own heart. Okay, that's not going to work. We don't get to manipulate God like that. But uh, Daniel chapter 2. All right, Daniel chapter 2. And I, I briefly mentioned this before, but let's, uh, let's see another example of this. But Daniel 2, 1, it says, And in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams, wherewith the spirit was troubled, and a sleep break from him. Then the king commanded to call the magicians, and the astrologers, the sorcerers, the Chaldeans, for to show the king his dreams, so they came and stood before the king, and the king said unto them, I have dreamed a dream, and my spirit was troubled to know the dream. And that's a story where uh, you know, Daniel comes and interprets that. But understand, some of the most important dreams we see in the Bible were with important figures. Nebuchadnezzar is basically the leader of the world during that time. So it kind of makes sense that God might show him some things. You say, well, you know, God's not a respecter of persons. Why can't he just show it to me instead of the president? Because what are you going to do with it? Okay. If I have some kind of prophetic dream and I go to Donald Trump with it, do you think he's going to listen to me? Do you think he's going to pay anything? Unless I do some kind of miracle, it's not going to, he's not going to pay any attention to what I say. But maybe if God gives it to him, it might actually affect his heart and change what he does. So you know, it, it's more likely to happen with people like that than you know, us commoners for lack of a better term. But it would appear, though, that dreams that are of prophetic significance, they usually do stir people up and trouble them. Okay? So turn over to Joel chapter 2. Um, well, uh, yeah, go ahead and turn over to Joel chapter 2. And so that's what we see here in Daniel 2. Nebuchadnezzar was very troubled by that dream. He's like, this dream meant something. I'm sure it wasn't the first dream Nebuchadnezzar ever had. But this one troubled him. He's like, this one means something. I need to know what it is. And he said, most of my dreams always seem to be related to stuff 
going on in my life. So, um, so but it, I do believe, though, it is still possible for God to speak through dreams today. And I'll show you why here. So in Joel chapter 2, verse 28, it says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit, and I will show wonders in the heavens and the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. Now turn over to Acts chapter 2 and verse 14. Peter, while he's preaching at Pentecost, he quotes this passage and says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And upon my servants and upon my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon and blood before the great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, just a little bit of study, you can see, with the exception of the sun being darkened and moon turned to blood, all of these things happen in the book of Acts. Okay? It, it says your young men will dream dreams. Okay? That kind of thing happened. You know, we see example, you know, Peter, for example, you know, he went in a trance and he had that vision. Okay, you know, we see um, Philip's daughters, how they were, uh, you know, they were prophetesses and things. We see examples of this in the book of Acts. So listen, just because you don't have a prophetic dream, it doesn't mean this passage didn't come to pass. Okay? These things came to pass with the exception of the sun being darkened and moon turned to blood. So a lot of times people, if you deny that they had a vision, well, then they'll go to this verse. Well, this stuff happened. It doesn't have to happen for you. You all get that? So that, that's an important thing you got to get. But I still won't go as far as to say that it never will happen. Okay, because again, what, what, you know, let's think about it. When, why would we need a vision? As much as I would love it if tonight when I go to bed, the Lord just give me a dream that would just, you know, knock the socks off of Daniel. You know, but chances are, it's probably not going to. You know, but it, it just, even if he did, why do I need it? I mean, I'm safe right now. I've got this Bible. I mean, do we are, are we doing everything that this Bible says to do? Do we know everything that this Bible is trying to teach us? What is it that God needs to reveal to us that we don't have in here? Now, it's one thing in Joseph's day, in the book of Genesis, when they didn't have the Scriptures. The book of Genesis wasn't even written yet. They were living the book of Genesis. So how is God supposed to reveal things to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob? The people that God is choosing... To, to use to set up a nation with, God's going to have to reveal things to them through the dream. What were guys like Isaiah supposed to do? And Jeremiah, where are they supposed to get their information when those books hadn't been written yet, when the prophecies about the coming destruction from Babylon, hadn't, nothing had been written about that yet. How are these guys supposed to do something? God had to give them visions. In the days of the apostles, we see 
examples of them having that, but they didn't have got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John written yet. Paul hadn't written his epistles yet. They're living out the book of Acts. They, that hasn't been written yet. So when these guys are going to these different parts of the world where the gospel's never been before, when these guys are going to different parts of the world and they don't have a Bible that they can carry over there, you think they might need a little extra help? Yeah, you better believe they did. But understand, if you really, I mean, if you do, if you want to get in the big leagues, if you want to get in the big time and you want to have an experience like this, I would recommend leaving the United States and maybe going to the jungles of Africa and you know, trying to reach some of them lost, you know, tribes out there. And, uh, you know, God might do a miracle there, assuming that's his will that you do that. You know, if God, because there you might actually need some. I've heard some pretty crazy stories from missionaries in places like that. And, you know, and I'm not going to go repeating other people's stories because, you know, these things can't be fact checked. They're not my stories. But I have, I've heard some pretty cool stories from some different missionaries. Bob Johnson was one that came through here before that, I mean, we, uh, one day, uh, when he came to preach, he didn't even preach. He did his presentation. We started asking questions. He started telling stories and he just did that the whole service. Nobody, we didn't, nobody wanted him to stop. It was so interesting. It was like, it was, it was an amazing service. And he told some stories that he had some stories that would knock your socks off, but that guy, with somebody else who went to places that were dangerous. The guy was in many dangerous situations. He had an encounter. Again, it's not my story. It's his story that, you know, he believes, um, you know, there was an angelic presence that came and protected his family. It's like, well, man, why didn't that happen to me? Well, you know why? Because you've never had a military or a militia come and, like, take over your house and kidnap your wife and daughter and do all kinds of horrible things to your wife. Like what happened to him? You've never been tied up in the barn where they were getting ready to shoot you. Okay, that's the kind of stuff that he dealt with. And, you know, when you deal with that kind of thing, you know what? God might do some miracle. But if we're just in America dealing with the impression of be, oppression of being made to wear a mask, you know, God might look at us and say, hey, you're on, you can handle this one. You know? <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't you know, why, why didn't God give me a vision warning me about 2020? Because he knew you should be able to handle it. That's why he didn't give you a vision. That's why he didn't, you know, give you some dream. So the thing is, I'm not going to say God can't do it. I think he might do it. And when I hear missionaries tell stories like that, you know what? I've got no reason to not believe him. I believe, I believe that God can do that. I, I mean, I, I've heard so many Amazing stories like that. Some of them might just be missionaries telling really cool stories so they can get their support raised. But, you know, I, I read about a guy in the Bible that did stuff like this all the time, but it was in very difficult situations where people needed it. You know why none of us have probably ever gotten the gift of tongues? Because we've never been in a situation where the only way we could possibly get the gospel to somebody is by people who are ready to by speaking in other languages like that. You know, we just we don't need that much in America. And, there, you know, so the thing is, we want these things because it would lift us up with pride. It would make us feel good. You know, I want to do a miracle because, boy, wouldn't that make a great sermon illustration? I mean, good night. If I, if I did have something like this, if I had a vision and it was something that came to pass, I mean, I could go on tour preaching all over the United States. I could be like one of these preachers that had a tragedy happen. They've got a really 
cool, heart-moving story, and now they get to travel over the country telling that same story everywhere they go. That could be me if, if something like that happened. I personally think that's lame. I told my wife, if something ever tragic happens with us, I refuse to go on tour exploiting that story. I said, if I get invited to preach somewhere because we went through some kind of tragedy, I'm preaching on something completely unrelated. I'm going to let everybody down. Because I just, I just, I hate that. And, and some preachers, man, they exploit these things. I think it's terrible. But you know, I, I'm thank, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad I haven't needed the vision. I'm glad, you know, t- when I, when I go to bed tonight, one of the reasons I'm probably not going to get a vision is because my life won't be in danger. I'm not going to need instruction. Chances are I'm not going to need some instruction from God tonight to help save the lives of myself and my family. And yet that is the situation that we see people in many times when God gave him these dreams. When Laban had that dream, it was because he was on his way to probably go do harm to Jacob. When Abimelech had that dream, it was because God was protecting, you know, you know, Abraham's wife had been kidnapped, basically. You know, these guys were all going through things we've never been through before. When these men had these dreams that Joseph was able to interpret, it's because he was in prison. When Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dream, it was because God was using that to save Joseph's family's life. Folks, we don't need these things. We are so stinking blessed in the United States. We have Bibles everywhere, yet we hardly do anything it says to do. And then we want God to give us some extra revelation. We want God to give us something above and beyond what is already in this book. And I think that that's ridiculous. I think that's crazy. Not saying that it can't happen. I'm not going to say that when the tribulation comes around, we might find ourselves in a situation where God needs to give us a vision. There might come a day when you actually are on the run for the government, not because they're trying to give you a COVID test or, you know, contact trace or something like that, because they're trying to cut your head off. On that day, the Lord might give you a vision telling you which way to run. That might, that might happen on that day, but tonight it's probably not going to happen. Tonight you're probably not going to need that. So I put all, I, I say that to say, Dreams are a way that God has spoken. I do believe He could potentially still do that today. I think He might in the future. He, he said he, he might be do He might do it with somebody tonight in another part of the world. I don't know. The chances of it happening with us are pretty rare. And if God gives you one, great. Thank God for it. But until you get everything down in this Bible, you know, I wouldn't get too upset if you don't have one. And let me know if you have a cool dream tonight. But if you do, I think I know the interpretation. You paid attention to the message and it got you thinking, and that's what you went to bed with that, that night. And um, but chance, but at the same time too, if you win the lottery in that dream, don't go buy a lottery ticket tomorrow. All right, that that'd be going against what God wants us doing. That is not a sign. You know, if uh, you know in, in that dream, um, you know maybe I do something bad. That's not a sign you're supposed to leave the church. You know, don't don't do something like that. All right, just. Take it, take it for what it is. All right. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for your word and just this amazing book that we have. And dear God, I pray you'll, uh, help us to, uh, just be thankful for what you've given us. Help us not go looking for more, but, uh, help us to just be in your word. Help us to learn to, uh, follow the leading of the Holy Spirit that you've already given us. And Lord, I just pray that we'll see great things just from that. And Lord, we do thank you that we're, not in a situation where we need anything like that right now. We thank you for the safety that we have in our country and, and how blessed we are. And we just uh, pray, Lord, you'll help us to just honor you and uh, obey what you've given us. In your name we pray. Amen.